0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Des and Marco. I'm Marco. And I'm Dez. So, Dez,
1: like usual, we start with a beer. So, which one have you picked? Before I go into my beer, I need to apologize to everybody from Scotland who got absolutely furious at me last week. I reviewed a very good beer, which I called the Lock Finn Brewery. That is incorrect. It's pronounced Loch Fine. And the fact that it's written like a dyslexic person would write it is irrelevant. It's pronounced (laughs) Loch Fine. So apologies to the brewery and the people of Scotland. I am continuing with another Scottish beer today. Please spell it right or pronounce it right. I am totally not because I have no idea how to pronounce (laughs) this. It's called Ossian, I guess, or Ossian. O-double-S-I-A-N. This comes from the, again, I don't know how to pronounce this, Inveralmond Brewery. It's probably pronounced like Steve. <laughs> this is a refreshing golden ale. So even though the brewery is a craft brewery, it's actually a subsidiary of Innes & Gun, which is a much bigger brewery from Scotland. Yeah, we have reviewed, I think, one of their beers in the past. Yes, we have uh, tried them. And they're good beers as well. So, yeah, Golden Ale. It's a nice day today, and I'm hoping this refreshes me. How about you? I've picked
0: yet another Dutch beer because honestly, that's what my supermarket offers. And my supermarket actually has an incredible selection of beers, which I'm really, really happy about. If you need to start a podcast about beers, I recommend my supermarket. Anyway, so the beer is called 8.6 Original. It's an intense blonde beer. It's by the. Uh, Zwinkels winkels brewery and i think it's like a new brand or new sub brand that's meant to be like very tattoo themed and that's all there is to it and one fun fact is i so i bought it here in in amsterdam and at the top of the can it says it's imported from holland wow yeah <laughs> so maybe it left the country and came back i don't know anyway ooh, ooh, ooh. but it says holland not the netherlands Yeah, but Amsterdam is in Holland. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah, or maybe it left Holland, but still stayed in the Netherlands. Never mind.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Okay, Marco, if you don't mind, I would like to start with the news and a quick recap and follow on from last week's episode. We got a lot of positive feedback, and as if by chance... Nintendo is kinda entering the video game movie market, if that's such a word. But there is a catch. So we were commenting on how terrible video game movies tend to be, with the odd exception, but never a great movie, just mediocrity. We have high hopes for The Last of Us TV series, and we also have high hopes for the Uncharted movies. So Nintendo is entering the foray. And they have contacted the animation studio responsible for Despicable Me. Okay. There is rumors that they're planning full-on CGI animation movies using their intellectual property, i.e. most likely Mario. So, something to keep our eyes open for, because it's probably coming. And Nintendo's kind of riding a good wave at the moment, so I think they're feeling quite bullshy. Yeah,
0: alright. Well, let's see how that goes, because I remember back in the day... So apart from the disgusting (laughs) Super Mario movie, they also had, I think, a cartoon about Nintendo characters, but like in the 90s. And I think it was pretty forgettable. Yeah, it was very average. I think it could go either way because the advantage and disadvantage is that essentially the Mario games have no plot. Like it's just him trying to save the princess, which, you know, it's just a pretext for look at all these crazy levels we came up with possibly while under the influence. So that gives movie writers a lot to work with, as in they could come up with any sort of story because there's no heritage to honor or there's no story that's written. Like, for example, we talked about The Last of Us. The story is already there. You just need to put actors and film it. It's kind of writes itself. While here, I think it leaves writers with a lot of space to explore and to experiment.
1: We'll keep an eye out for that. And we spoke again last week of movie adaptations of video games that have a terrible, even before meta internet memes became a thing, one of the most meta things ever to have happened in the world of video games is a video game based on the movie of a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm specifically talking about Street Fighter, the movie, the game, <laughs> I can't believe
0: we forgot about this. Well,
1: I think Capcom tried its best to make everyone forget about this.
0: Yeah. The movie was alright. It was actually not terrible. Back in the 90s, where apparently everything happened. A movie came out based on the game Street Fighter. And it was okay. It had Van Damme in it. It was pretty terrible, man. It was fine. I mean, it was... And no, and Kami was uh, Kylie Minogue. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean...
1: Pretty forgettable, but. Oh, but fun fact the original Mortal Kombat, they approached Van Damme and said, Will you be the star of our game? The character Johnny Cage is actually modeled on Van Damme. And Van Damme, point and blank, refused. So they got a martial artist who could replicate Van Damme's style. You know, the character is based off Van Damme. Like, that's relatively common knowledge. Like, fun fact, but it's not a secret. And it's kind of gone full circle because I think Van Damme regretted the opportunity missed. And when they came up with this idea of making a game of the movie, apparently Dundam didn't really take it that seriously, but he turned up and the game was meant to be in the style of Mortal Kombat. So they got the actors actually doing sort of martial arts moves. They took pictures of them and they digitized it. Yeah, Where Mortal Kombat spent months taking pictures of the martial artists to get the perfect digitization images... Street Fighter, all the images were done, like, in a day. (laughs) Okay. So the result was just a terrible game. Like, the moves were very disjointed. It was just pathetically bad. And apparently, like, a couple of the actors didn't even turn up, and so they had to get fill-ins. Really? And Van Damme did turn up, but it was like, I'm doing one kick, you take the picture, that's it. Like, there wasn't any, can we do it again, or can we get it perfect? There was very little to work with. And then the game was rushed. So you can imagine how... Terrible, a product came out of that.
0: So, the lesson learned here is if you want to play Street Fighter, play Street Fighter. Don't play Street Fighter, the movie, the game.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Another recap of something which we spoke about in previous episodes. Actually, back in episode one, things have been happening in Chernobyl. Just when you thought that a global
0: pandemic wasn't enough, we might also get a nuclear disaster again. Yay! <laughs> well, not exactly. Scientists, I think recently they covered the Reactor 4 with the with the new cover. I think it's called the New Safe Confinement. Basically, it's a metal shell that goes on top of the, the old building where the reactor is, or where the remains of the reactor are. This confinement is full of sensors, obviously, and measures like air quality, measures radiation, and so on. Scientists have been detecting an increase in nuclear reactions possibly based on the um, the remains of the fuel so the remains of the uranium so they've detected neutron activity which makes me sound really smart but i just read it somewhere which is a byproduct of nuclear fission everybody is kind of like starting to freak out but scientists have said that they don't fear another disaster and they're going to continue monitoring the situations. and if They see that nuclear activity is increasing. It will take years for it to become dangerous, so it'll give plenty of time for scientists
1: to react to it. I don't know, but this all sounds very familiar. (laughs) Didn't the top scientists at the time be like, oh, no, nothing to worry about. This happens all the time when nuclear power stations don't explode.
0: Look at it on the bright side. If something happened, then there's a chance we're going to get an amazing HBO series again.
1: <laughs> Chernobyl 2.
0: <laughs> exactly. So that sucks. But it looks like we're going through our, our list of episodes, and you have an update about WhatsApp. Up.
1: Oh, yes. If you listen to one of our earlier episodes called What's Up with WhatsApp, We spoke about how WhatsApp and specifically the Facebook group, which owns WhatsApp and it owns Instagram and obviously it owns Facebook, they performed a U-turn on their initial promise of never collecting data from WhatsApp. And then a couple of years down the line, they've now said, we're going to collect all the data from WhatsApp, with the exception of the contents of your messages. But everything else was fair game, i.e. how big your message was, what time you sent the message, who you sent the message to, where you sent the message from, and any other sort of data about the message, but not the content itself. So not the coolest thing to do when you're talking about privacy. And then they're going to use this obviously to create a profile of you, which is going to be linked with their Facebook profile of you. So a proper in-depth data harvesting process. Anyhow, Apple is responding to the increased demand from the public of increased privacy and increased control. And in my opinion, they've done a really good thing. And with iOS 14 and the update iOS 14.5, from now on, users can opt in into every single aspect of privacy, i.e. these companies need to get your explicit permission for every single bit of data they collect. And Facebook has responded by threatening to start charging for its apps so a pop-up notification will pop up saying please give us all of your data so please do not accept any of these privacy things if not we cannot keep this program free of charge it's funny because everyone expects these apps to be free and we know that their business model is based on collecting all your data but apple has said we don't care what your business model is if the users don't agree to giving you their data, you cannot take it.
0: Yeah, the latest version of iOS, I think it's 14.5, gives the user the choice of whether you want apps collecting the
1: data or the apps to track you across what you do on your on your mobile phone. This is one of those like faith in humanity restored kind of moments. I think the general consensus was that people don't care about privacy because every time there's a data leak, like nothing happens, like these companies don't fold and There's no big fines or anything like that. But given the opportunity, people do make the sensible choice. So far, out of all the people who've done the upgrade, only 4% of people have actually agreed to share their data with Facebook. So 96% of people are saying no.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's also the way it's worded because I've gotten, you know, I have an iPhone and I've gotten the pop-up. I actually got the pop-up for a lot of apps. I instinctively want to say no, regardless of the app, like regardless of whether it's Facebook or I don't know, like, like some random apps were trying where wanted to track me. This brings me to a, a kind of similar topic. Did you see the article that Signal, so the messaging app, did you see the article that they published?
1: Oh, yeah. With the, so the little adverts telling you what profiles they make of you. Exactly. So they
0: allegedly, because I, I haven't, or at least we haven't seen them, signal the messaging app that kind of basis its whole thing on, we are secure. We're not WhatsApp. They wanted to buy Instagram ads that changed based on your profile. So we'll link it to the notes of the episode. But for example, one of the ads was saying, you got this ad because you're a teacher, but more importantly, you're a Leo and single. This ad uses your location to see you're in Moscow. You like to support sketch comedy and this ad thinks you do drag. For every person, the ad was meant to change based on what data Facebook has collected about you to show you what they have about you and to kind of push you into, maybe I should be more secure with my messaging app. I think it's brilliant.
1: Oh, it was a great advert. And a lot of people, especially on social media, responded to it because the idea is you don't think it affects you until it does. And so this sort of targeted media campaign showed you that, you know, You know, you saw this advert and you realize it's different to the person next to you and it's different to the the other person. So it wasn't randomly generated adverts. It was generated with the publicly available information on you and telling you that these companies, not only Facebook, are collecting all this data and profiling you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what Signal was doing was basically reflect that over to you and show you, hey, this is the information that we got just to do this ad. Ooh, do you know who
1: hasn't said anything throughout all of this? <laughs> who? Another big company, which also makes operating systems for mobile phones <laughs> and now laptops, has been casually very quiet during this whole thing.
0: Yeah, they're kind of looking in like, the other direction as if like nothing is happening.
1: Yeah, like, if we don't say anything, maybe people won't notice us. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's funny though.
1: So of course we are referring to Google, who is also in the business of collecting and harvesting as much data about you as possible. Quite tellingly, they haven't made any pledge or any noise regarding giving you the same privacy options as iOS has introduced. So watch this space.
0: Yeah, but really interesting to see that Apple is really going after these companies that
1: track We spoke about this on our episode about Same App, Different Apple i.e. you commented how you switched from Windows to Mac for business and you switched from iOS to Android for your mobile phone usage. Yeah, And the majority of the apps that you use and interact with every day are available on both platforms equally. And so the end result, the end experience is largely unchanged. Yeah, I guess Apple is using this as a differentiating factor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like in a world where people talk about privacy more and more, the fact that they can say, yeah, your data is safer on in an iPhone than it is on an Android, I
1: think could be a very good selling point. Okay, moving on to something a little bit more lighthearted and not so poisonous. Wow, I am in awe of your segues. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, the trailer for the new Venom movie came out. Venom! Venom. Although venomous and poisonous are two different things. That is correct.
1: I don't know the difference, but I know they are different. Yeah,
0: no, me neither but the movie's called Venom: Let There Be Carnage and again it's a play on words because they're introducing the character of Carnage. It's a sequel to the first Venom movie with um, Tom Hardy. The first movie was all right. I thought it was pretty entertaining, like I'm not going to watch it again or I might if it's on TV and I'm I've got nothing to do. But it was all right. I was a little bit torn. For our listeners here in the script, Des wrote I have issues and I don't doubt that i don't doubt that
1: (laughs) if you guys want to listen to a five-hour podcast listen to des and his issues (laughs) (laughs) but go on so yeah the issues that i had with it is that they tried to create a superhero movie but venom isn't your typical superhero actually he's mostly a villain the anti-spider man
0: yeah i think in the comic books or in the um, in the cartoons The way it develops is Venom is this character that's created because of an alien symbiote or something like that, that first attaches to Spider-Man, to Peter Parker, and then Peter Parker notices that it's taking control and making him more and more aggressive. So he manages to get rid of it and then it changes host and it goes to, I think it's called Eddie Brock, the character like Venom, and then he becomes
1: Venom and becomes Spider-Man's antagonist. Exactly, but he isn't a hero. No. This movie really kind of treads that gray area, and I think they latched onto a brief episode in the comics where Venom dishes out personal vendettas against like criminals in the street. And so they kind of turned him into like a chaotic good force where he's still a bad guy. He will still commit horrific acts of violence and eat people, but he's trying to revenge upon criminals if that makes any sense yeah yeah. i feel as if like now with venom versus carnage carnage is i think a similar being to venom and there used to be a super nintendo game based in the spider-man comic story arc of spider-man versus carnage called maximum carnage so they're replaying more popular story arcs from the comic book history and I don't know. For me, Venom is a bad guy, but they're obviously going to try to make him kind of like the hero. So I I wasn't convinced on the movie. I just thought, you're trying too hard to make him good.
0: Yeah, could be. I guess the fact that Venom isn't part of the, let's say, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because he's usually associated to Spider-Man, is a little bit
1: weird. Yeah, and the story between the rights of Spider-Man and Marvel is really quite interesting. And not long ago, Sony and Marvel had a very public spat where Sony basically said that Marvel will no longer have the rights to show Spider-Man in their movies. And this is all because Marvel wanted more money of the pie, but Sony legally owns the rights to Spider-Man in movies. And it's, it's all very complicated and very interesting. But This is one of the ways that Sony can keep the intellectual property alive because I think the agreement was if Sony doesn't make a movie every X number of years, they lose the rights.
0: And that's why it was rebooted three times. And I think even the X-Men are part of this. The movie rights for the X-Men are owned by Fox. Marvel, the comic book company, their characters are split across three different movie studios.
1: But Disney now owns both Marvel and Fox.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I should have, because Disney owns (laughs) everything. And I just looked it up. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is going to
1: be released in theaters on September
0: 24th.
1: Oh, and by the way, do you know what Disney doesn't own? I don't know. What? Disney doesn't own Apple. And guess who's entered the TV (laughs) sphere? (laughs) Let me guess. Apple? Oh, (laughs) so... We spoke about Ted Lasso, which was an Apple TV Plus exclusive. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, Apple TV Plus. And there is another series which we were kind of hyped about. And that is Mythic Quest, which is made by the same people as It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: I don't know if hyped is the right word, because I literally just found out that it existed when I got Apple TV or Apple TV Plus. But the premises are insanely good. It's created by Rob McElhenney, so Mac from It's Always Sunny, Charlie Day, Charlie from It's Always Sunny, and Megan Gans, who's also a writer, a writer-creator on uh, on It's Always Sunny. It's starring Rob McElhenney again. Danny Pudi, who's Abed from Community, if you remember.
1: Troy and Abed in the morning. I know, I'm so jealous of that,
0: <laughs> of that jingle and uh, david hornsby who plays rickety cricket on uh, it's always sunny
1: i find that hilarious i find his inclusion hilarious because i cannot see anybody other than rickety cricket when i see him
0: i want to i want to talk about it later so anyway that's the premise it's a series about a video game company it takes place in the workplace and the workplace is a video game company it's meant to be the most popular video game company in the world and they make this mmorpg it's meant to be like say the center of the
1: gaming world and i don't know like based on that premise i thought it'd be better i think it's got a very niche audience so it's not something that everyone will appreciate i think it will appeal mostly to people who have an interest in video games and understand the nature of these video games yeah i have a passing interest in it and maybe similar to you i don't know we can talk about it i thought it was fun The episodes are short and I liked a lot of the harkbacks to actual moments in video game history, which they kind of made parallels of. You'll see a studio which invented like the survival genre and they'll briefly talk about it. Or you'll see the early days of like the internet and how like the game was kind of very crude at the beginning, but it's evolved over time. Yeah. And you'll see how like they plan updates and the creative process, the technical struggles, And the expectations of the public, the demands on the coders and the developers, a lot of the staff is overworked, but like a few people seem to get all the glory.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because actually in the gaming world, I think they call it crunch time is an issue as in when studios need to develop games, they kind of lock all their developers in a room and and keep them in there until the game is ready. That has created a lot of controversy. Because a number of game developers they don't have a let's say work life balance and they don't live healthy lives because because of this, there's this one very weird episode that talks about a different game, how a different game gets developed and created. It starts off as a niche indie game and then it becomes incredibly popular. And as it gets more and more popular, studio execs want more and more sequels that keep becoming more and more let's say commercial more and more mainstream and so the the creator of this game gets increasingly frustrated with the process and like how she's losing control of her ideas
1: yeah i agree that's got the guest appearance from Kristen migliotti i thought that was one of the better episodes it had flashbacks to the early 90s when like the video game industry really started coming into its own and as you said she starts off with this indie game but then pressures from Chief execs and other commercial partners, they want to add what they see as more mainstream features, which eventually completely destroy the soul of the game and it becomes unrecognizable. Yeah. I had high expectations because so much of this series borrows cast members and script writers from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which we both really, really, really like. And so we were hoping it would be It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in Silicon Valley.
0: That's what I was kind of expecting when I started seeing, let's say, like produced by, made by, directed by. They just kind of got the old gang back together for a different idea. Kind of like, remember when Futurama came out? That was basically, what if The Simpsons is sci-fi? And it was hilarious and it was amazing. In my opinion, Futurama is even better than The Simpsons. I was kind of maybe hoping that this would be as good, and it's not.
1: Even though I think this is an interesting premise, and it probably does have potential, It's Always Sunny has managed to reinvent itself season after season after season. And it's been going for how many years? Like 14 14. years? And it's never felt the need to become more mainstream or tone down the craziness it's managed to be on the edge and be relevant for 14 years.
0: Yeah, and it always managed to stay fresh. The way that they're handling homosexuality, for example, I think it's brilliant. And they always manage to find current topics to talk about, but always in the same, this is a gang of really disgusting human beings doing disgusting things. That's just hilarious. It doesn't have that sitcom thing of... We're going to make you laugh, but also there's going to be a
1: lesson. It's given us numerous memorable moments over the years. My personal favorite is The Implication. Dennis is one of the characters, borderline psychopathic character. Sociopath. Sociopathic, you're absolutely correct. And he kind of always wants to appear to be like the perfect American male, but he's just so twisted.
0: Yeah, yeah, he portrays himself as this kind of like god figure, but always fails.
1: There is an episode quite early on in the series where they buy a boat and obviously they're trying to do it up and they realize to maintain a boat is super expensive. And obviously, part of the reason why they buy the boat is because they want to attract the ladies. And I think the quote goes along the lines of, so this is Dennis speaking, saying like, oh yeah, well, just take the girls below deck and, you know, they'll feel safe and Anyway, they'll be there and they can't refuse because of the implication. And Mac at this point is like shocked and he's like, ha, 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 ha. Um, that's kind of dark, man. He's like, no, 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 you're misunderstanding. Like, of course, if they say no, it means no, but they're not going to say no because of the implication. <laughs> and it's just like borderline dark, really on the edge of being acceptable.
0: Yeah. he's <laughs> so, Yeah and it's hilarious like it's oh it's so funny how i can't remember who defined it but it's comedy is basically dancing on the line between what's acceptable and what's not and that's why for example comedy doesn't age very well in the sense that the line moves as time goes by stuff that you could joke about 20 years ago you can't joke about now they just took a completely different direction and they just went way over the line and like make it incredibly inappropriate and it works
1: they didn't know what to call the tv series it ended up being called it's always sunny in philadelphia but they were thinking about other working titles and i think the closest one was jerks because they are essentially a bunch of self-centered self-absorbed jerks but each one with like a different sociopathic condition so to speak yeah yeah But they're all horrible human beings, and that's the humor. Like, the situation they get in is because they are horrible human beings.
0: Yeah, exactly. You you mentioned it before. Another incredibly funny moment is the downfall of Rickety Cricket.
1: Oh, yes. And it's a downfall which takes seasons. Exactly, which is actually weird, because
0: every episode is kind of very self... Like, you could watch any episode, and it's not connected to a larger story. I think story arcs, they last at the most one or two episodes. You could watch just any episodes and it's pretty self-contained. You don't need to know anything about the characters to to enjoy it. Except for Rickety Cricket. So this is a character that's played by David Hornsby, who starts off as a priest. (laughs) I'm already laughing. He starts off as a priest. His life is virtuous.
1: And then D, The female member of the gang.
0: Yeah, she falls for him, seduces him. Convinces him to abandon his faith to be with her, and then she dumps him. (laughs) And that starts his downfall. And so every episode that he appears, and he appears over the course of many seasons, every time he's doing worse and worse and worse. He becomes a drug addict, he loses his teeth, his face just looks worse, he kisses a dog.
1: (laughs) But it's even worse than that because his downfall is always directly related to the work of the gang. Like they introduce him to crack and he gets hooked and then they just leave him. He's a victim to them. It sounds horrible and we shouldn't be laughing about it. But the whole point of the series is that it's clearly not reality. And the gang are such horrible people that if you are in any way associated with them, it's your downfall.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they're so toxic that even hanging out with them is going to be bad for you and for your life.
1: And for them as well, but they seem to get away with it. Yeah, they always
0: kind of get back to the bar and keep doing stuff. Anyway, I went to see that there's like a ton of incredibly fun facts about this series. I wanted to just tell you a few. Since season two, Danny DeVito is uh, a regular on the show. Like he's one of the main cast. In season one, they did a, let's say, the pilot, which according to to the creators, so Charlie Day, McElhenny, and Glenn Howerton, who plays Dennis. They shot the pilot with like 300 bucks and it got picked up by FX, this network in the Fox universe, I believe. It was kind of successful, but the studio really liked it, but it wasn't getting enough ratings. Also, they were playing it like in the middle of the night. So, you know, it was never meant to get a lot of rating. To advertise it, they decided to get like a big star. And so the network president at the time was friends with Danny DeVito. And so he decided to ring him up and say like, hey, do you want to be in... It's always sunny. Danny DeVito's children loved the first season and they convinced them to join. Initially was supposed to join for 10 episodes and he had so much fun. He decided to stay. (laughs) And you do get the feeling that they're having a blast coming up with like these incredibly silly ideas and, and shooting it. But then also, you know, the, the waitress.
1: Yes. The character Charlie is obsessed with And I don't think you even find out her name. She's always known as The Waitress.
0: Yeah, she's The Waitress (laughs) because that's what she is. And also, she also has a very weird character. Like, she's also going into misery and whatever. But she's actually Charlie Day's wife in real life.
1: And yet in the show, he's never able to even get close to her.
0: She plays Charlie's love interest, this unobtainable love interest. And in reality, they're married and it's great. But that's not the only couple.
1: (laughs) So uh, Mac and Dee are also married.
0: And apparently, like, they started their relationship in secret. So they had to, like, keep it a secret from all the other cast members because they didn't know how they would react. But speaking of Mac, he actually has the biggest character development of all.
1: Oh, yeah, he does. Definitely.
0: One series, he shows up and he's just fat. He's like this normal build for like, a, I think, three, four seasons. And then at one point, he's fat. And then a few seasons later, he is super in shape.
1: I saw the interviews and he's not wrong. So the actor, Robert Michael Henney said he found it really annoying how most successful sitcoms, you'll see the people in the first season and they'll look kind of normal. But then obviously, as these actors get more and more money, they start to take better care of themselves. By like the fourth or fifth season, they've got perfect teeth, perfect hair, perfectly toned bodies. And he was just like, this isn't how most people age.
0: People are meant to look worse. I think he was using the example of friends. You know, these are just a bunch of, like, 20-somethings that become 30-somethings, and all they do is hang out in a cafe.
1: So he thought it would be funny to do the exact opposite, and they wrote it into the storyline. Mac is constantly saying, I'm beefing up, I'm building bulk, but he's not. He's just fat.
0: Yeah, and they play on the fact that he thinks he's strong, and in reality, he's just fat. And it all comes from the fact that, like, he imagines... We're just a bunch of people hanging out in a bar all day. Of course, we're going to get fat. And I find that hilarious. And also, how committed do you have to be to just get really fat over a summer and then like come back and and start shooting?
1: And his wife was obviously okay with it. Yeah.
0: In the interview, he said that his wife, so Caitlin Olson, liked him better when he was fat than now that he's ripped because he used to like eat and drink whatever he wanted. He was jolly. He was happy. <laughs> and now he's just like, really, it's obsessed with working out. And, and so he's not. As but I fun. think
1: he has to contractually. He made a joke about it as well, because people asked him how he had such an amazing body. And he wrote a, quite a funny, ironic reply of the message. Oh, it's really easy. All you have to do is work out eight hours a day, have a personalized diet plan and have the studio pay for it
0: okay no i didn't know that i just find it hilarious because it's his show like it's his baby so one day he just comes up with an idea what if i'm fat and then starts eating like crazy and shows up like that
1: talking about it being his show i mean it's the show of all the cast members and because they did this on a budget initially all the characters are loosely based on their real names so you know robert McElhenney was called mac as a kid charlie day is charlie one exception is the character Dennis, which is played by Glenn Howerton, who was adamant from day 1 that he wanted nothing in common with his character because the guy is a social path.
0: <laughs> Dennis is a social path.
1: I'm creating a brand new name. I want nothing. I don't want my name associated with this character in real life. He just wanted a psychological divide between the character and his real self.
0: And also, his wife appears in one episode. So, the episode of the Dennis system. The episode where, basically, Dennis explains his system for approaching and seducing women. And it's, again, disgusting. I have one trivia bit that will blow your mind. Go for it. So, you know the pub? The Paddy's pub? Yeah. The characters, they own this pub that's called Paddy's Pub. And it's like this dumpster in Philadelphia. You have seen that set somewhere else is it the set from
1: how i met your mother
0: it's mclaren's pub from how i met your mother they just kind of like take all the furniture out but it's the same set
1: oh man i wouldn't have put it together until you're like have you seen it somewhere else okay where what else looks kind of similar
0: yeah apparently it's the same bar or at least that's what i read on the internet again i fact checked nothing so <laughs> it could be an absolute <laughs> lie but i like i was just My mind was blown when I read that. The last thing that I found really funny, I used to live in Ireland before here. And that's where I subscribed to Netflix. And then I moved to the Netherlands. But for some reason, I still kept my Irish subscription. So, you know, like if you go from country to country, the shows that are available to you are slightly different. And I remember telling everybody that I was watching it's always sunny in philadelphia on netflix and how much fun i was having and then like every day in the office i was telling people about like a new episode that i had seen and everyone was like but where where are you watching it and i was like wow netflix is on netflix and everyone was like no and that's the thing like it's not on the dutch netflix but it's on the irish one and for some uh. reason mine carried over and so for that let's say month when i was like rewatching all the episode i was like the envy of all my office and no one had the use of a vpn netflix noticed or whatever settings changed when i was like halfway through the last season (laughs) and then i couldn't Uh... watch them anymore i was really frustrated
1: all right man we started off talking about mythic quest and a new series on apple tv and we ended up speaking about it's always sunny in philadelphia for a good 20 minutes
0: yeah so the moral of the story is if you want to watch mythic quest watch it's always sunny in philadelphia i mean not that it's bad but it's always sunny is way better
1: yeah mythic quest is okay it's always sunny is fantastic absolutely okay marco how was your beer
0: so my tattoo themed limited edition intense blonde beer imported from holland (laughs) it's uh it's all right i mean it's It's a blonde beer. I don't find anything particular about it, apart from the fact that it's pretty strong and I'm getting pretty drunk because I really need dinner right now. It's a little bit bitter, which makes it interesting. I could see myself drinking a couple of these, so... But again, nothing spectacular. I would say it's pretty much like Mythic Quest. It's good, but not great. Let's give it a three and a half out of six. Not bad.
1: And what about yours? If you were to think of your typical beer... I know beers are quite vast nowadays, but, you know, you ask the average person or you go to a country where beer isn't that popular and you say, Mm -hmm. give me a beer. This is the beer you would imagine. So it's very golden in color, doesn't have much head. It's very crisp and it's a little bit sharp, but not too much. So it's almost like your quintessentially perfect beer. But because of that, it's not particularly interesting because it's kind of like the beer you expect. Okay. It is good and it's a very good ale. And when it's warm outside and the beer's cold, this is what you want to drink. I'm going to give it a solid four out of a six pack.
0: Not bad. Not bad. To summarize, we touched a few subjects that we had mentioned in previous episodes, like video game movies, like Chernobyl, and like the whole Facebook WhatsApp privacy debate that's going on. Then, while trying to review mythic quest we ended up talking about a much better series that is it's always sunny in philadelphia which we highly recommend on that note i think we
1: can end the episode no one more thing guys we have recently also become available on alexa and amazon music and audible
0: so alexa play des and marco is that how it works
1: It is, but my she who shall not be named is going crazy right now.
0: (laughs) All right. But hopefully all of our listeners now are listening (laughs) also on on their Alexas. So that's good. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. See you next week.
1: See you next time, guys. The purpose of buying the boat in the first place was to get the ladies nice and tipsy topside so we can take them to a nice, comfortable place below deck, and, you know, they can't refuse because of the implication.
0: Oh. Uh, okay. You had me go in there for the first
1: part. The second half kind of threw me. Well, dude, dude, th- think about it. She's out in the middle of nowhere with some dude she barely knows. You know, she looks around, or what does she see? Nothing but open ocean. Ah, there's nowhere for me to run. What am I going to do, say No. Okay, (laughs) that seems really dark. No, no, it's not dark. You're misunderstanding me, bro. I I think I am. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Because if the girl said no, then the answer obviously is no. No. But the thing is, is she's not going to say no. She would never say
0: no because of the implication.